Week five, sneaky starts. Leo Kaliski, are you excited? Uh, I'm very excited. Sneaky starts has proven to be uh, our best segment, tied with um, the sell highs and the buy lows, and like all all of our segments are all equally tied for best segment. But sneaky starts and also tied for the worst. And also tied for the worst. That's true. Uh, But sneaky starts, I feel like every week we like nail some guy that no one else was talking about. Uh, and it works out for us. I don't remember who it was last week, so don't ask me. But I remember seeing the performance at the time and being like, yeah, we said his name. I don't remember who it was, Will, though. Will Fuller. Oh, Will Fuller. Will Fuller. That was it, yeah, because he was coming off the stinker. And then and yeah. Crow. Cool. And Crow. Yeah, th- those, those were the two last week, Crow and Fuller. Um, I remember I threw out Tyler Lockett, and that, that did not work out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think Crow is probably one of those players. It's not really sneaky. I think a lot of people are probably in a position where they have to start him. Yeah. But Fuller legitimately a sneaky start. Uh, we don't want to, you know, pump our own segment too much victory here. Lap. Unless you enjoy. Do you enjoy taking your victory laps, <laughs> Alisi? Got to take the victory lap once in a while because when you're wrong on like 90% of your calls, you got to You got to. <laughs> feels good. You got to savor those those ten percent that just like fall into your lap. You got to be like, oh my god, I nailed it. Um, it's basically what keeps us going. Is what you're saying. It's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Mother <laughs> of sneaky starts. Mother of sneaky starts. All right. So sneaky starts week five. We're getting to the point where we've we're able to make legitimate assumptions about trends and how things are shaping up in the league, how players are performing. So this is an exciting time for setting your roster. Uh, rosterbation time. Rosterbation, um, that's what this segment is called. Rosterbation. rosterbation. <laughs> so I'm going to start okay. this segment in the running back position. Woo! Woo-hoo-hoo. And I'm going to list out a guy oh. who was a very popular waiver wire pickup this week. But I'm going to go ahead and just say you should flex him. Just throw him in right okay? away. Just throw him in right away. Boom. And that is Bilal Powell. Ooh, Bilal about that base Powell. Bilal about that base Powell, who has supplanted Jamal Charles and the Jamal about that base. So now it's Bilal about that base because who is Jamal Charles? He's nobody. He won't uh, be nobody next week. Just you wait. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. Just go. Just give your analysis. Okay. My analysis <laughs> is quite simple, really. Uh we had Matt Forte as a sell high uh, because of his volume, because of the fact that he's old, because of the fact that we've seen this same charade just last season with Chris Ivory, who was heavily utilized early, fell apart. Bilal Powell became an integral part of the offense the second half of the season. I think that's going to happen, and it's already starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, Last week, Forte got a little banged up. Bilal Pell outsnapped Matt Forte in that game, 37 to 34. Yeah. He had nine targets for 54 receiving yards against Seattle. He was heavily involved, guys, heavily involved. Pittsburgh is his opponent this week. You mm. might be thinking, well, Pittsburgh has a good run defense, don't they? Well, that's exactly my point. Because Pittsburgh, through the first four games, and there's an anomaly game in there, but their first four games against the receiving back mm. – have been torched. And let me give you the numbers. Week one, Chris Thompson of the Washington Redskins put up 9.9, basically 10 points against him. Boom. Okay? And this is standard. PPR would be even more inflated. These are standard points, oh so goodness. we're not counting all the receptions. Okay? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Week two, they played Cincinnati Bengals, and they gave up 15.7 standard fantasy points to Giovanni Bernard. 
who has basically been a ghost outside of that one game. Mm-hmm. Week three, they got just trounced by Philadelphia and gave up 18.7 points to Darren Sproles. That's true, yeah. Okay. Sproles. 18.7 standard points to mm. Sproles. So it's been trending up. 9.9, 15.7, 18.7. Week four against Kansas City was a complete blowout, and Kansas City doesn't really have a receiving back because Char Char West was out. Jamal Charles wasn't really being utilized. He was, he was back. Out, basically. He's like, here I am. Yeah. Here's a carry. Okay, see ya. <laughs> it was basically all West, and they were down by so much. That game was kind of... It was not pretty from yeah. the Kansas City perspective. But, I mean, West, he still totaled about 100 yards. Where? Uh, I mean, where? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Where? Now, West is nobody except <laughs> Terrence. Terrence is a real West. There we go. But, yeah, Bilal Powell, I mean, he's shaping up to be a legitimate start this week against Pittsburgh, who has been getting blown apart by these receiving backs. Mm. And I think Bilal Powell, you're going to see his involvement slowly increase there was that ominous report about forte being carted to the x-ray room yeah that yeah you know the the organization kind of brushed it aside like no he didn't what are you talking about <laughs> no no it was that, nothing. That, he never he never went to the x-ray room i mean he's he was at practice today so he's probably not going to miss the game but he is already heavily banged up and it's something that you need to keep an eye on uh further down the line but for this week alone i am flexing below pal he's one of my sneaky starts of the week uh and definitely probably somebody you would otherwise keep on your bench so mm. go for it shoot for the stars if you're really thin at running back you can insert him in in the running back spot running back two uh another another thing to add into this is that uh game script will probably favor him because yes. Yes. the Steelers are likely to be up in this game quite a bit uh the the Jets offense does not look good recently um and the Steelers offense looked just otherworldly on Monday night um well they got Lev Bell back they got Lev Bell back um and you know the the Jets secondary is bad Revis is Revis is like a detriment to the team at this point where it's like his name keeps him on the field but he's not good he's not good anymore um he's father time is caught up himself. he's a shell of yeah. himself um and so it's you know the Steelers should be up uh Forte is not the Let's play catch-up mode running back. That's Bilal Powell. So, yeah. yeah, it's exactly correct. And we're probably going to touch on Revis a little bit more later on in the segment. So mm. stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, because of the news today, Latavius Murray has a, another toe injury. It's, I feel like every week there is a player that has a toe injury. Mm-hmm. Now, Willie Sneed was dealing with a toe injury. Uh, there was somebody else that had a toe injury as well. But anyways, Latavius oh, Murray... Well, he's only one. <laughs> probably somebody. <laughs> yeah, probably somebody. But Latavius Murray is sounding like he's not going to play this game. He has he got banged up in the win against Baltimore. So you have basically a split backfield going against a terrible run defense, third worst against the run, San Diego Chargers this week. Mm. Now the hot take would be to pick up DeAndre Washington. He had the name mm. coming into the season as the handcuff to Latavius Murray. But to anyone who's paid attention to the Oakland Raiders games this season, Jalen Richard has basically earned an even split with DeAndre Washington. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's kind of a bad situation to be in, right? Do, do I start DeAndre Washington? Do I start Jalen Richard? I think you can probably start either one mm-hmm. this week and be okay. 
But Richard is probably the sneakier of the two starts. Yeah. And here's why. If you look at last week's game against Baltimore, now going into that game, there was even a report that DeAndre Washington was going to see more playing time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they tried to get him involved. He had one really long run and then was pretty much held in check outside of that. But he fumbled the ball in a – it was just a horrific fumble, almost cost Oakland the game. It was on their side of the 20, uh, set Baltimore up for an easy touchdown to take the lead. That was Terrence West. It was a walk-in touchdown Mm -hmm. after DeAndre Washington's fumble. Uh, They had one series after that. Where was DeAndre Washington? He was glued to the bench. Okay, it was all Jalen Rashard. Uh, they love Jalen Rashard in Oakland. He was an undrafted kid. Basically signed him off the street, made the 53 right out of camp, and then we saw him with that electric 75-yard run. They're trying to figure out ways to get him involved in the offense. They have him returning punts. They have him coming out of the backfield in the receiving game. He did have a pretty bad drop. Uh, which some people are looking at like, well, DeAndre Washington fumbled, but Jalen Rashard had a terrible drop in the receiving game. They still love Jalen Rashard. Mm-hmm. They are going to give him the ball if Latavius Murray is not playing. So you're probably looking at a 50-50 split. But if you are thin at the running back position, I would start either one of those guys this week just because San Diego is not very good against the run. They're abysmal. Yeah. And their team is just falling apart, man. Verrett is out for the year now. Uh, They're coming into Oakland. They're a very fragile team, and I think McCoy is probably on the hot seat. He might be fired. If they lose a couple more games, you could be looking at a coaching change in San Diego because it wasn't pretty last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, they've blown a couple of really big leads this year. Week one against Kansas City was terrible. And then this last week, I think they were up by 13 points with like five minutes left in the game, and they lost to New Orleans. So their mental state right now is very fragile. They're going into Oakland. You might see an ugly game from them. You might see Oakland jump out on top. Uh, They're pumped up after their win in Baltimore, and their only loss this year was in Oakland. So you know they want to come back and and win one for the fans. I could see this game getting out of hand. I could see them giving Richard and Washington the ball a lot. So I like those guys. It's a sneaky start in terms of the running back. Uh, do you have any other running backs that you would pump this week? Uh, yeah, I'm going to throw out uh, Kenneth Dixon. Um, Yeesh. This is a total dart throw one. It's just like, you know, he's... All the reports out of camp before he got hurt was that he was the best running back there, um, and he was already sort of in line to be the the feature back before the season started. Then he gets hurt, misses the first month of the season, um, allows this just awful force set Terrence West quagmire to continue until eventually Forsett is outright released and West kind of gets gifted a like pretty good matchup and is able to take advantage of it. Well, now Dixon comes back, and they have uh, one of the best matchups you can get against Washington. Um, and they're going to get Dixon involved some. They probably start off with you know West getting the start because he's been playing for a month and Dixon hasn't. But Dixon, I'm just going to assume he looks better than West because West is... A, 100% league average running back, maybe even a little <laughs> below average. He's, he's replaceable, yeah. He's replacement for sure. And Dixon, all the reports are is that he is, you know, this very, like, athletic, high upside guy. Um, so this is just like a the, – the matchup is so good. Um, Flacco and this passing offense have been so bad that their move is going to be, let's just run it. Let's just run it, run it, run it on this really bad run defense. Um, and Dixon and um, – West are the guys. They're, you know, I guess 
Buck Allen is there, but he might even be a healthy scratch this week now. Again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be the the Dixon and West show, and you know Dixon is someone you got off the waiver wire hopefully a week or two ago, maybe even this week if you're in a a league that doesn't really yeah. follow anything. Um, but I don't have a problem throwing him into your flex uh, right away. It's just like a, a dart throw in a really good matchup and see you know see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you might need to. You might be forced to with some of the other injuries. But, you know, Harbaugh, he's been really evasive about the backfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, you th- you would think after West's huge performance last week uh, that he would just be like, yeah, West is a starter for the time being, but that's not what he's saying to the yeah. press. He's like, well, you know, we might get all three guys involved. It's one of these situations where, from a fantasy perspective, it's probably ugly yeah. uh, for a couple of weeks. So... I like Dixon as a sneaky start this week, but you probably can't expect him to really, really explode. Uh, against Washington, he has a chance of scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, but for the rest of the season, I like Dixon a lot as well. Yeah, he's so, a long-term guy, for sure. He's definitely a long-term guy. And Washington's been so bad against a run that there's enough to go around. West can have a nice game. Dixon can have a nice game. So he is a flex play this week. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him because he is this kind of prototypical pass catching back. Mm-hmm. He's a great receiving back and he'll be utilized like that right away. But I want to see if they start getting him involved in the early downs. He could potentially by like week eight or week nine be the every down running back for Baltimore. He could be uh, the every down running back by minute eight or nine of this game. <laughs> there it Mark is. It, There's boom. the call. There's the call. Wes he, will get a couple of carries, and, yeah. and Harbaugh will be like, "Nope, no, no, not gonna happen." Dixon. Dixon. He rips off. A, he rips off a Jalen Richard esque seventy-five yard touchdown run, and then uh, Dixon's job for then on. History. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's how it's going to play out. This is like our Devontae Booker call in week one. Oh God, I Anderson's about that. going down on the first carry. <laughs> our sarcastic calls that come back. Yeah. Um. I think that's pretty good for running backs right now. I mean, sure. the running back landscape is pretty, pretty ugly at the moment. Mm. There are banged up guys, uh, a lot of injuries in the running back front, a lot of committees. So you don't really know what to do if yeah. you don't have like one of these bona fide top guys. So that's why we're throwing out some of these sneakier starts because you're probably in a position unless you have two bona fide running back one or running back twos, where you have to start somebody in that RB2 spot. Mm. And we've seen guys in our league, they've been forced to start players like Ajahi, Kenyon Drake, uh, Duke Johnson. Like, if that's the case, then, you know, go ahead and throw in Kenneth Dixon. Go ahead and throw in Bilal Powell. Why not? Jalen Richard, Andre Washington. Why not? Boom. Uh, Let's move on to a wide receiver. Uh, we'll we'll come back around to quarterback streamers and tight end streamers sure, towards the we'll end. Last. We'll hit that last. We're kind of switching it up on you guys this week. Uh, wide receiver, I'm just going to throw out a few names. Uh, we talked about Revis earlier mm. and how he's been getting burnt. Mm. Well, guess who has kind of established himself as a wide receiver two in Pittsburgh? Antonio Sammy Brown. Coates. Oh. oh, yeah. He's a wide receiver <laughs> one, two, and three. In Boom. Pittsburgh. So Sammy Coates is a wide receiver four. Sammy Goats. Uh, Sammy Goats. <laughs> who, there was a lot of hype around this guy in the preseason. Um, and then, you know, as soon as the season started, it was, oh, Wheaton's the number two guy. He got hurt, uh, came back, and has been underwhelming. Uh, 
And in this last game, week four against Kansas City, Coates outsnapped Wheaton 56% to 36%. So mm. he was on the field significantly more. He was the clear wide receiver two behind Antonio Brown. Uh, he saw eight targets, 79 yards, definitely respectable numbers. And this week, he is going against Revis, and he will probably be matched up against Revis. And Coates is the prototypical burner, right? Yeah. He's just a deep threat. Uh, Roethlisberger likes to target him down the field. Uh, we've seen him. He, he tries to air it out to Sammy Coates. Sammy Coates basically should have had a touchdown in that game against Kansas City, too. Uh, just stepped out of bounds. Um, classic goats. Classic goats. <laughs> but I like Sammy Coates this week. Uh, he's a guy you might be able to just pick up off your waiver wire and yeah, start. I picked him up this if, week. Yeah. Definitely somebody that you could slot in as a flex, even a wide receiver too this week against New York, yeah. uh, depending on your depth. So definitely more of a sneaky start here. Uh, piggybacking off of Coates. Goats. We're going to go with kind of another burner that had a great season to start a mm. uh, great start to the season that's mike wallace oh uh you mentioned that baltimore's passing game has been abysmal yes it has been abysmal but they have joe flacco they have steve smith who's kind of come alive and mike wallace was the guy in the first two weeks mm. they're going up against a really bad washington redskins defense not only are they terrible against the run they're the fifth worst defense against the pass Okay, so Mike Wallace, who saw nine targets last week in Oakland, he's getting the targets or against Oakland. This week, he's probably going to go against, he won't be going against Norman. Uh, I would say he's probably going to be matched up against Breland if he's back. If mm -hmm. not, it's going to be Dunbar. Uh, both are below average in terms of grades by pro football focus. So Mike Wallace... Uh, is a guy I think you can definitely flex this week. I think F Flacco will look his way probably eight or nine times. He'll probably sit in that nine-target range, eight yeah. to ten targets a game, and he has a chance at ripping one off. You know, he's the deep threat in Baltimore. So I like Mike Wallace there. That's a sneaky start. Indeed. Indeed. And next, uh, we talked about Odell going against Green Bay how they have, up until this point of the season, the third worst defense against a wide receiver. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say start Victor Cruz. What? What? How do you feel about that? I like that because, um, you know, Green Bay, at least before their bye, was the worst defense against the pass, uh, and Cruz is turning to the number three on that offense, which sounds like a bad thing. It isn't because that offense runs a lot of three wide receiver sets, especially with, now that Donnell's hurt. I think that's mostly what we're going to see. Um, and so he's going to get the softest coverage of an already bad pass defense uh, and what should be a high-scoring game because it's Green Bay. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like Cruz to, to kind of turn into the, the safety valve. I can see them selling out to try to s shut down Odell, whether it works or not. And I, I just see Cruz getting super soft coverage in this game. Oh, he will. He had nine targets against Minnesota, mm -hmm. uh, had the most receiving. Uh, I mean, their whole receiving core was kind of held in check. Yeah. Uh, but he had 50, nine targets for 50 yards against Minnesota. So not, not a great game, but if you look at the, the entire game, uh, nobody had an explosive game. Nobody seems to be able to put
put up points against Minnesota yeah. uh, this week. The the matchup is soft, and Eli likes Cruz. I mean, I know he's kind of touted as a third wide receiver, but he's more of the two B, yeah. right? Sterling Shepard and sure. Victor Cruz are kind of like two A, two B. Depending on the week, Cruz might be two A, Shepard might be two B, or the other way around. I mean, Odell's obviously the go to guy there, but he gets focused on. By the defense opens mm. up soft coverage for Cruz. Go ahead and flex Cruz this week if you need wide receiver help, or if you're just looking at the flex spot and you're thinking, well, "Man, I have to decide between, you know, some pretty middle of the pack guys or, or players that haven't really impressed." But you do have Victor Cruz. Go out and put Victor Cruz in that flex spot. Moving on from there, Devonte Parker, mm. Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about him. A few times already sure. he's, he's got the hype he is the wide receiver two in miami with the elite ryan Tannehill as his quarterback Woo, tanny sunshine uh this week he gets tennessee they're coming into miami tennessee just got torched by will fuller who was our sneaky start last week mm-hmm. so i feel like we just have to continue on that train you know we picked will fuller last week let's go ahead and pick Devonte parker this week uh, Parrish Cox has been terrible this year. Uh, Miami is getting, or possibly getting, it seems like it's trending that way to be getting Mike Pouncey, their Pro Bowl center back, uh, which should help their offensive line in general because Ryan Tannehill was just under siege last week. Uh, I know in the press he's been talked up as being like a terrible decision maker, but if you watch that game against Cincinnati, his wide receivers weren't even in the route by the time he was getting hit. The offensive line was crumbling. Uh, Pouncey should be able to help, assuming he is back, and it's looking like he will be back, and that should also bolster the run game, uh, which I think will just help the Miami offense in general. And Parker has that talent. That's the X receiver and, and a Gase offense. So go ahead and start Parker. You might have been thinking about benching him this week uh, because of his terrible game in Cincinnati on Thursday night, but go ahead and start Parker. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, no, I like that for sure. Uh, Tennessee is one of those decent run defense. Awful, awful secondary. Um, should get the Parish Cox treatment and just go ham. Dewey Cox. Go ham bananas. Uh, I, have, I have a sneaky start. Throw it in there. A wide receiver that I just came up with. And on I the spot. On the spot. This, this is an on the spot. Uh, I'm not prepared. Desperate dart throw. Wide receiver, sneaky start. And he goes by... What's his name? Let's set this up differently. If I were to don't, tell don't you... Tease, don't tease the fans. I'm going to tease you. If I were going to ask you who has the highest snap percentage in New England through the first four weeks of the season, who would you say? Uh, <laughs> Chris Hogan? It is Chris Hogan. <laughs> it is not Julian Edelman. Chris Hogan has played the most snaps of any New England wide receiver through the first four weeks, and he gets a furious Tom Brady back against furious. a truly horrific Cleveland defense. Across the board, awful defense. They probably try to, Gronk, who knows what Gronk is right now. Uh, they're probably going to try to key in on Edelman, being like, well, he's the guy. Leaving Hogan probably with single coverage from who knows who on the outside. And, you know, he's... Terrell Pryor. He does everything. <laughs> Terrell Pryor on the outside. <laughs> and he's, he's just a big play waiting to happen. We saw it in week one against Arizona with the only deep ball Garoppolo through the entire game to Chris Hogan for a touchdown. So, yeah, I think this is it for sure. Like, this is our Terrell Pryor call this week is Chris Hogan, I've decided. 
Um, Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. It's been decided. It is known. It is known, yes. It is known, Chris Hogan. I'm actually interested to see who kind of develops into that wide receiver too. Yeah. As soon as Tom Brady comes back, because they have a handful of guys. They have Amendola. They have Chris Hogan. They have Malcolm Mitchell, who is very talented, who might be – I mean, he's free right now. If you're looking for like a stash, a deep sleeper type of stash on the end of your bench, if you have a deep bench, I would go out and pick up Malcolm Mitchell as well, not to stray too far from the Chris Hogan call. but They're both good uh, stashes just to see if either of yeah. them turn into that number two. Yeah, and it could happen. I mean, now that Brady's back, I mean, the narrative is that he's, he's going to be angry. You don't want to see me when I'm angry, NFL. Yeah. He's going to go all Hulk on opposing defenses, just tear his clothing off his jersey his pads yeah and uh there will be numbers there'll be targets to go around there will be fantasy production to go around uh there will be gonna be there there will be blood (laughs) you have to stay tuned but this week chris hogan i like it a lot i like it a lot um let's go into the quarterbacks now do you have any more wide receivers you want to name um i'll throw out a really quick okay uh, just because he actually played 94% of the snaps at wide receiver for the Jets, uh, he outsnapped Brandon Marshall. Okay, he had seven targets, 60 yards. He'll probably be going against a slot corner, Sean Davis, against Pittsburgh. Uh, we've mentioned a lot of players from this game already, but it could be one of these. Okay, the Jets fall behind and they're throwing the ball. We already said this with Bilal Powell, why he's kind of a sneaky start. Mm-hmm. Well, Anunwa as well. Uh, looks like Eric Decker's out, so he's kind of the wide receiver two there for the time being. Yeah. And I think he'll have another solid week. He's definitely he's one of those players that might not have a really high ceiling, but he should have a safe enough floor for you to start as yeah. a wide receiver two or as a flex play because he'll probably be in like the six to ten point range. And if he adds a touchdown on top of that, then he's a really good start. Yeah. So I like Anunwa there. Uh, but that pretty much ends it for me in terms of wide receivers. Let's move on to the quarterbacks. The quarterback position. Uh, we're going to start off with probably Hit the, me with it. the most popular streamer of the week. Um, is it Carson Wentz? It is Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he's looked great through the first three games of the season. Had his bye last week, but he's looked not like a rookie. He's looked very good. Uh, two of those were in very soft matchups um, with the Browns in Chicago. But he looked good against the Steelers, too who, you know, Alex Smith just shot, shot the bet against. So, you know, there's, there's something to Wentz. And regardless yeah. of whether he's legit or not, um, he gets Detroit this week, who are the most favorable are they matchup. Uh, they are not. No, this is the best <laughs> okay. matchup a quarterback can have. Um, Hoyer was good against him last week. Not to say that Hoyer is the worst, but I, Wentz has shown more upside. points, yeah. Yeah, like I think Wentz is like a, one of those combinations of like a pretty high floor and, like, maybe a high ceiling, too. Like, he's a pretty ideal streamer. Um, could even turn into, like, an interesting, like, season-long guy. But uh, for this week, Wentz is a great um, great one to, to pick up. And do, you think, do you think Chip Kelly was the problem? Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's because, what it I looks mean, like. Because look at DeMarco Murray this year. I yeah. mean, he was nothing last year, and everybody kept on, you know, commenting that, okay, they need to stop giving DeMarco Murray the ball out of the shotgun. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. And never happened. And then there w- there was a narrative that, oh, it's not Chip Kelly. It's not the way he's utilizing Murray, but it's that Murray's just washed up. You know, mm-hmm. he had he touched the ball so many times in Dallas the previous year that, you know, he's the wheels have come off. Well, he's in Tennessee and he's 
the running back one in PPR the running leagues. Back one, yeah, it's yeah. He's he was one of maybe the biggest whiff of the fantasy community. Um, I think we were on him. I, I feel like I remember pumping Demarco Murray at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we were kind of neutral. Yeah, like we. We liked him, but it wasn't like, oh, we're, you know, we're pumping him. We liked really. him at his ADP, but we weren't like sleeper, basically, is what I think. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. And as we got closer to the season, I think he was a more popular pick. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia's look legit, mm-hmm. going back to Carson Wentz. Um, they just had their bye week, so I'm a little bit concerned, you know. Bye, they have a terrible defense, and Wentz put up a zero against them. So how do you feel about that? Um, you know, it's concerning, but you know, these, these studs have these outliers. We saw with the Steelers, you know, do it in yeah. their week against the Eagles. Now the Eagles just did it against by, um, so you think a bounce back week from Wentz? I here. think we're going to see a bounce back against a debt, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Philadelphia, they were supposed to be bad this year. I mean, they traded that Bradford trade. I mean, it worked out for Minnesota and it worked out wonderfully for Philadelphia. That's too, looking because like Wentz, one of those win wins. Yeah, Wentz has looked legit. The only thing I would be concerned about with Wentz is he seems to be one of these guys that just goes so hard that he has no respect for his own body. Like you'll see him, yeah, yeah, you'll see him roll out of the pocket and just instead of sliding, he's trying to like bowl over the defense. And he, I mean, he took. I remember particularly in that Chicago game, he was just getting blown up when he was scrambling outside of the pocket. But I mean, he's healthy now, so that so fits as a as a streamer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, season long, we'll have to see how he. Uh, Hopefully, how he, he holds the slide. Hopefully, he can. You know, is he Russell Wilson or is he RG three? We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. I mean, well, he's trying to be like Legarrette Blunt or Marshawn Lynch. He's <laughs> just trying true. to pull people he's over. Not even trying to evade him. He's just like, I'm going to run you down. It's like, no, that's not. It's not who you I are. I mean, you're he's not, a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Carson Wentz, I like him as a streamer this week. Um, you mentioned Dak Prescott. Would you stream Dak Prescott this week? Um, yeah, I think so. I think at this point, Dak is probably pretty highly owned. Um, but if probably, yeah. But I mean, if he's like your backup, or you know, you maybe he's on your I would play him against um, Cincinnati. Yeah, that that secondary doesn't scare me. Uh, their run defense is good, so this might be one of those ones where Zeke has a little bit of you know trouble finding room to run so you have to throw it a little bit more um yeah i like dak i don't know if i'd make him one of my like sneaky sneaky starts but i wouldn't be shying away from starting him if i owned him yeah i just had to mention dak because of when those are kind of the two high-flying rookie quarterbacks that both haven't turned uh the ball over yet so that's been impressive they're both gonna throw picks this week yeah yeah, probably. <laughs> now that we're pumping them, they'll both throw four interceptions. Dak's yeah. owned in about 53% of leagues, so right around 50-50 with Dak. So he might be out on your waiver wire if you need to stream. Um, who else do you have in terms of a quarterback streamer this week? Uh, this one is dependent on injury news, but Trevor Simeon. Um, if he plays, then him. Uh, you know, His injury is on his non-throwing shoulder, so it's probably safe to say he ends up playing. Uh, and it's against Atlanta who have just been like a, a broken screen door for for opposing quarterbacks, whatever that analogy means. Um, but he's this is a very good matchup for Trevor Simeon. Um, and he's proven that he can, yeah. at home, he's proven he can exploit the good matchup. Uh, I guess the fear is that maybe because it's also a good matchup for the running back, they go super run heavy, he doesn't have to do very much. Uh, but, you know, if you believe Matt Ryan is legit and he's able to put up points, then Simeon's going to have to do that too. Um so he's 
his stealing might be capped because, you know, it's possible he doesn't have to do anything and the defense just wins it for him. But, you know, that might you not be the case. You don't need a super high ceiling from a quarterback streamer, yeah, right? You're just I'm, looking to compete at that position. Yeah, and I think he lets basically. you do that. Yeah, definitely. Unless you're going against Matt Ryan in in the Dome against Carolina, then you d- you lose that position, hands mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Uh, okay, who else you got in the quarterback streaming category? Um, it's tempting to throw out Joe Flacco, but this is one where he's been so so bad that I think they're just going to run it. So I'm actually saying no to Flacco. Um, this is a don't start saying Flacco. no to Flacco. Say no okay. to Flacco. But one that I am saying yes to is a uh, Brian Hoyer. Um, okay. Against the indie defense that looks very very bad. Um, it's a little bit concerning that his receiving core seems to be entirely hurt. Um, that's not ideal for him. So a lot of this depends on health, you know. But assuming that, um, you know, Alshon, Royal, Miller, all these guys play, um, if Alshon plays, I'm still on him. And if Miller plays, if Alshon and Miller play, I'm definitely on him. I'm not really worried about whether Royal plays or not. Uh, yep. But, you know, it's this, this is a good matchup. Uh, Hoyer has proved to not, you know, he loses games, and so that kind of gets held against him. Uh, but as, like, a, a fantasy quarterback, he's actually been pretty viable, um, at least in good matchups, and that's that's what this is. He's definitely the lowest on the list of these three because I guess the floor is always low with him. Um, but yep. I, don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind. Um, I mean, if you want to get really deep at the quarterback position, these are kind of like if you have no other options. I don't hate – starting Ryan Tannehill this week at home against Tennessee. It's obviously not ideal, but, I mean, he is a viable streamer this week. Uh, Tennessee has not been good defending the pass. They have been good defending the run. So it sets up to be one of these situations where, okay, well, who knows who's going to be carrying the ball for Miami. Uh, Gase just came out and said, okay, we're doing away with this four-man committee, which is, yeah, duh, right? Mm. That would never work. But, I mean, is it going to be a Jahi? Uh, Foster's practicing again. Is he going to be healthy? Are they going to try to involve Kenyon Drake? Uh, you don't really know. So there is a high possibility that Tennessee just shuts down their run and they're forced to throw the ball down the field. We've seen opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers kind of exploit that. Um, so I don't mind starting Ryan Tannehill as a streamer. Uh, you mentioned Jameis Winston on our Twitter. Yeah. I mean, he's very highly owned. So this is a, if you own him, uh, start him, you know, don't get cute and think, cause he's probably your backup if you own him, if you're one of those people that does that. Um, but you know, he's sitting there on your bench. He just had a bad week. Like, Oh, I don't really want to start him. It's against Carolina. And in your head, you think Carolina is this bad matchup. Uh, Carolina is a good matchup. They allowed... Blaine Gabbert to score 20-plus fantasy points. Blaine Gabbert, like, uh, that, that should be all the analysis you need. You know, Matt Ryan yep. unleashed hell on them. Um, this is, you know, this defense is dysfunctional right now. It's possible they turn around over the course of the season, but I don't think the one week they've had since the Matt Ryan apocalypse is going to be enough. Um, yep. And Winston has proven capable of taking advantage of these very, you know, these really bad defenses. We saw it against Atlanta week one, and we saw it against... Um, was it Arizona, I think, he had a nice game against? Yeah, he did. Yeah, because well, that defense doesn't look quite that good. Um, let me see here. Winston, 
He had a really big week one against Atlanta. Oh, Arizona, he was terrible, actually. It was he the Rams. It, it was, was the Rams game. that yeah. he had a good game against. Yeah, he put up almost 30 points against the Rams. So he's kind of been hot and cold. Yeah. So good week, bad week, good week, bad week. This is his good week. That's the lining up like that. Um, and yeah. you, men you mentioned that he's highly owned. Uh, it depends in you know, the league that you're playing with, the league type. Because in ESPN yeah. leagues, he is only owned in 57%. Really? So, I mean, that's... I mean, right around the range you want to be looking at for a streamer. So there's a good chance that he might be on your waiver wire. If you want to go real deep, uh, those are your Ryan Tannehill's, your Marcus Mariota's. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're desperate, Mariota, um, I wouldn't be thrilled with starting him because he has not looked good this year. But you mentioned Miami's Swiss cheese secondary. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Tennessee might be trailing in that game. And Mariota should, it hasn't happened yet this year, but he should have potential in the run game. Yeah. Uh, which always bolsters somebody's value. I mean, he started off with a, two decent games against Minnesota and Detroit. He actually put up 20 points against Minnesota. Uh, which has been one of the better quarterback performances against them so far mm -hmm. this season. Uh, but then he just shit the bed against Oakland and Houston. Uh, so a lot of people are off Mariota right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if he has a bounce-back game. And if he does, look at Mariota's schedule coming up. He has Miami, terrible secondary. Cleveland, bad. Indianapolis, bad. Jacksonville, bad. San Diego, not good because they're players are just injured green bay mm -hmm. terrible indianapolis again his schedule actually the tennessee schedule is soft 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 for the quarterback and wide receiver positions not that they have anyone that's a wide receiver okay. i mean so i mean i might consider picking up Mariota right now and just seeing uh it, it can't really hurt at this point, unless he puts up another 6.9 like he did against Oakland. I think a lot of people are, are feeling like they got burnt too heavily on that one because he was like the guy in week three. Everyone was like, you got to stream Mariota against Oakland because their defense is historically bad. Well, that's not the case. And um, Mariota put up terrible numbers. But mm -hmm. I think we pretty much listed everyone you could possibly stream this yeah, week. Yeah, I think, I think that's good. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, move on to tight end, do you think? Is it time to... Tighten up tight the ends. ends. Let's uh, tighten up the ends here for the, the ends. tight end streaming position. And it could be a big week for the tight end streaming position because, okay, you have buys mm. are happening. You have, you know, Jacksonville's on a buy. Julius Thomas is out. Seattle's on a buy. Jimmy Graham revival. The awakening Ooh. of Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Graham will. Uh, he's on a buy. I mean, he's looking like a tight end one. He like is, a legitimate yeah. tight end like one for the rest like of the Jimmy season. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's wild. But you have some players on buys. Mm -hmm. uh, you have some tight ends that are hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, Eifert was supposed to come back this week. Not going to happen. No, no, no. Looks like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Looks like Ebron's out in Detroit. It looks like Larry Donnell is trending downwards this week in new york so there are probably a lot of teams that need to stream somebody this week uh one guy that i would look at i don't i'm not going to call him a streamer but he might have been dropped mm. and that's zach Ertz. yeah um for sure i mean if you can pick up zach Ertz, it's a little bit late for the waiver show but i mean i would even look at targeting zach Ertz. he's a great start this week he seems to be the the security blanket for carson wentz so 
if you have Zach Ertz, please play him. Yeah, that's like a, a no-brainer. Hopefully you didn't you didn't drop him in that couple weeks he was out unless you just had like really shallow benches. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, Ertz against the Lions who are probably the best matchup for the tight end. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, no-brainer. As for the more streaming types, guys that have low ownership, uh, my favorite this week is uh, Jesse James against the, the New York Jets. Um, yep. We've been talking about how bad this secondary is right now, um, and we've seen the tight end just feasting on the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jimmy Graham, who we just talked about, uh, went bananas all over them. And before that, Travis Kelsey had a really big week. Um, and, you know, these are like, you know, two more elite-ish tight ends. But, you know, th- this is still a very soft spot in this defense. And when you're streaming tight end, you're just hoping for a touchdown. And Jesse James is kind of the de facto red zone target on this team just because of how giant he is. And so he's, uh, as far as, like, the dart throw touchdown guys go, I think Jesse James is my favorite, mostly because of the matchup. Yeah, I like it. I like Jesse James. Um Jesse James is owned in about 17% of the league, so he's out there. Yeah. You can definitely stream him. Another guy who is owned in about 16%, so right around the same percentage, is Cameron Brait. Ooh, I like And it. he's going against Carolina, and they have been bad against the tight end. Yeah. Really bad. In fact, they are, let me look, the fourth worst team against the tight end right now. We saw them get burned by Vance McDonald. We saw them get burned in uh, week three by Kyle Rudolph, who's just, he's been great. But uh, Carolina, they haven't been good last week. I mean, Tammy, they didn't they didn't really need to do anything because Julio was doing all the damage. Yeah, but, Julio show. <laughs> but Cameron Braid, this is his second, or this will be his third week as the only tight end in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And he's put up 67 yards. Five receptions last week, which is definitely respectable for a streamer. For a streamer, yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. And that's without a touchdown. The week before, he had two touchdowns. Yeah. So he put up 16.6 points. So Cameron Braid is a guy I would keep my eye on. Very low ownership. Somebody you can plug and play this week definitely. for sure. Um, keep an eye out for Antonio Gates. Yeah. I mean, he is back at practice, uh, limited. But I think if he's back, they're going to play him. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've they've lost so many receiving options. Uh, Hunter Henry has looked good. And that's another name you can keep an eye on. So it's mm-hmm. just that San Diego tight end position. Who is going to be the starter this yeah. week? against Whoever Oakland. plays is the guy you want. Yeah, exactly. Because if Gates is back, I mean, we're talking about game script. They could fall behind in that game against Oakland. They could be forced to throw it down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gates is is always burned the Raiders. Yeah. Always. So. That could be an interesting option if he was dropped. If not, Hunter Henry. Anyone else you're keeping your eye on? Uh, you know, that's, uh, one more kind of interesting one is uh, now that Eifert is out, C.J. Uzoma. Uh, <laughs> just in a good matchup against Dallas, who's been pretty weak against the tight end. I think if Vance had played last week, we would have seen that. But over the course of the season, uh, We've seen the tight end feast on them. I think week one, wasn't it? Donnell had one or two touchdowns against them. Um, yep. And so on and so forth. So this is just a good matchup. Azuma will get his work because Eifert won't be there. So this is like the bottom of the list out of these guys. But as far as I actually really throw, like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's somebody to keep your eye on. He had four receptions, which was his highest total of the year against Miami. But the thing I noticed when watching 
the Cincinnati offense is they are missing Tyler Eifert. Yeah. And they need to figure out a way to score in the red zone. They were able to sneak by Miami, but that game was way closer than it should have been because yeah. of their inability to score. I mean, they dominated that game in terms of yardage. They dominated that game in terms of time of possession. Mm. In every facet, you would look at the the stats, and you would think that Miami was shut out and that Cincinnati was up by, like, 30 points, just looking at the stats. But Miami was, was within, like, a possession a lot of the game. Yeah. Uh, maybe two possessions at a certain point, but it was never out of hand for them. They were never out of the game because Cincinnati couldn't score in the red zone. And I think they need to look at that. Okay, we need to get our tight end involved in the red zone, and that could be CJ. CJ. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, that's it for tight ends for me, and I guess maybe that is it for sneaky starts, unless you got anyone else. That's it. No, that's it. I think we, we've oh. covered a, a lot of different names, a lot of different options for you guys to ponder uh, throughout all the positions. Uh, we're not going to talk ponder. about kickers. <laughs> when are we going to see him, man? <laughs> Where is he? The time is now. Wait, is, for he even, Ponder. is he even on a team? Where is he? He got signed by San Francisco, but is didn't he? they release him? Oh, I don't. Maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, me... <laughs> we need to know the stats of Christian Ponder before we move on. <laughs> yeah, I don't even see him. Okay, he's out of the league. Oh. Let me see. Oh, uh... I guess technically he's still he's still on the 49ers. He might be their their third yeah, string quarterback. Super Christian Ponder. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, keeping score. The results. Keeping score. The results from week three. Um, week four. Week four. It is week four. Oh, the results from week four. <laughs> yeah. The results from week four. It's week five. Don't I can't, I'm not even used to it being week five. Yeah. The results. This is insane. From week four. Um, let's pop these up on the board. Hit me with your man shot. Got our running back results up here. Uh, once again, Derek can't see him. Sucks for him. Um, That's okay. I already know that Lev Bell's on there. First game back, Le'Veon Bell, baby. He did it. That Mm. garbage time was a friend to him. Um, So, as you can see, the broad strokes are half of the running backs that were drafted as starters finish as top 12. Uh, For those uninitiated, this is, I look at the running backs whose ADP, the position players, running backs and wide receivers, who ADP was top 24 at their position at the, the end of the summer. And did they finish as an RB1 or wide receiver one in any given week? Because that's sort of a better indicator of whether the early round running backs and wide receivers were successful or not. Because fancy football is a weekly game, not a a season-long game, unless you're playing in some weird, like, roto season-long stupid thing. Um, So in normal leagues, you care about your week-to-week results. So this week, uh, half of the RB1s were players drafted in the top 24 as starters. Uh, we'll run through this. Number one was DeMarco Murray. Again, Ooh, he's the revelation every week. He is the only player, running back or wide receiver, drafted top 24 to finish as a uh, top 12 at their position every week. No wide receiver has done it. DeMarco Murray is the only running back to do it. Uh, taken in the early fifth round is the RB19, just a collective whiff by everyone on DeMarco Murray. Um, If you drafted DeMarco Murray, you're swimming. Man, I drafted him and then traded him for Todd Gurley. It's not looking good. It's not looking good on that trade. (laughs) There's still time. There's still time. There's still time for Todd Gurley to come out of it. There's still plenty of time. Um, Number two is Ezekiel Elliott. Finally has his coming out party. Um, And he went went big, 21 fantasy points. Uh, He was drafted as RB4 first rounder, so you're glad to see him finally doing that. Uh, He was always just the touchdowns were kind of the problem, and now he's getting them. So Zeke's a stud. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. 
Number three was Matt Jones, drafted as the RB26. Matt Jones uh, is the RB26 in the sixth round, not drafted as a starter. Um, Maybe you started him. I did, and I was happy about it, but not someone you drafted that way. Number four, Isaiah Crowell, uh, drafted as the running back 41 uh, in the 11th round. He's been on this list three times now, three out of four weeks. Um, We said he's a sell, so we don't think this is going to keep happening. Uh, number five, John yeah. Kuhn, uh, the, the what? vulture, John Kuhn. Yeah. He vultured three this touchdowns. Thing? This is a real thing. Oh, he, he, <laughs> he took three touchdowns away from Mark Ingram. He actually physically took one away from Kobe Fleener in that game where it was a pass for Kobe Fleener and John Kuhn's like, no, I got this. And he caught the pass himself and went down on the one yard line and then plunged it in on the next play. Uh, so, like, the, the ultimate vulture, John Kuhn, uh, comes in at RB5. Um, don't ever count on that again. Uh, number six, Melvin Gordon, uh, drafted as RB23 in the sixth round, drafted as a starter. Takes two touchdowns Mirage. to get him there. Mirage, yeah. Mirage. Sell him off. Get rid of him. He's done. He's cooked. Um, <laughs> number seven, Le'Veon Bell. He's back. There he is. Back with Finally. the boom. Drafted as the rb sixth. Um in the oh, I put his ADP just as the the seventeenth selection. So he was taking the second round um, yep. of drafts. Uh, Terrence West was the RB eight. Um, Mirage, yeah, don't buy one. it. Maybe, maybe he's a sell, but probably not after one week. He probably couldn't get much for Terrence West right now. And one week, RB fifty. Um, RB nine was Lashawn McCoy. Another starter appears. Um, he's been good of late. He's really been good. good. Yeah, he's had three weeks, I believe. Did I, did I write this down? I tweeted two, this out. Two really good weeks. And then uh, in week two, he was okay. Yeah, McCoy had two weeks where he finished as a top 12 running back. Um, yep. But he's been, he's been good as far as you know, high running backs are going. Um, number 10, Mark Ingram clocks in. There he is. Taken as the RB8 in the second round. Um, just missed out last week. I think he was like half a point away from being an RB1. Uh, but gets in this week. So marketing has been good the last couple of weeks. Happy to see that. Um, even with his uh, touchdowns being vulture? Even with it, man. Imagine if Kuhn wasn't there. Marketing could be the RB1 this week, which is a good indicator of that San Diego run defense. Raking in the Kuhn. Raking, raking in the Kuhn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number 11 was Frank Gore. Yeah, as you said, he's been, uh, there he he's is. been good over the last couple of games, but taking his RB28, seventh round, not a starter. And RB12 coming in on Monday night, Jarek McKinnon taking in the Adrian 16th Peterson. round. The, new, the next Adrian Peterson uh, just squeaks in as the RB12. Um, so that makes six running backs. That is like a, an even 50-50 split on the week. But you also have to look at the player pool because even though there were 24 running backs taken as starters, uh, there's injuries, there's you know bye weeks. So there was actually only 18 running backs to pull from for this pool. So six of those 18 finished as an RB1, meaning approximately 33%, a third, finished as RB1s, which is, doesn't sound like much right now, but it's be important to remember when we get to wide receivers. So, Yes. All right. So uh, any general comments about the running backs? The, the general comments are, are um, there's a version of this where you could have gone early running back and it went uh, very well for you. You know, it's possible you took McCoy, Ingram, and uh, DeMarco Murray all with early round picks. Um and that would have gone well for you. Or like, you know, DJ isn't here this week, but he was here every week before this. It's possible. Yeah, he's been great. DJ round one, uh, McCoy round two, you know, Ingram sometimes slipped into the third round, but he didn't. Or like, you know, you get DeMarco Murray being in the fifth round just kind of throws us all out of whack. You could have gone 
DJ McCoy Murray and just like your your set of running back. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, early running incredible. back was a possibility. Um, yeah. So so far, uh, early round running backs have been okay. You know, it's been fine. Let's switch That's over good. To, the, to the wide receiver. But Blam Let's wide receiver it. numbers up on the board. Uh, the similar split, but this time only five wide receivers. I wonder who's number one on this list. I can't see it, but. <laughs> You'll just have to wait like everyone else who can't see it. Okay. Um, yeah, only five wide receivers drafted as starters finish as wide receiver one, so one less than running backs. Um, number one, Julio Jones, big surprise. What? <laughs> Has his first massive week of the season. Um, so, Jeez. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if this was PPR, I think he put up 50 points. Probably. Yeah, this is a good time to point out this is standard scoring. Close, so. or close to 50 points, yeah. Close. Uh, number Ooh. two... Um, Contain yourself, but number two is Michael Crabtree. Uh, taken, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> there sorry. it is. Sorry, uh, yeah, he wasn't, ta- he wasn't drafted as a starter. He was the wide receiver 35 in the seventh round. Did you say Crabtree or, or was that Grabtree? <laughs> Cra- sure, Grabtree, why not? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, let's move on. Uh, number uh, three was A.J. Green uh, from that massive Thursday night game where if the Dolphins have been able to stay in it even a little bit. He might have had a Julio S game. But yeah, did, three elite wide receivers so far. <laughs> three elite wide receivers so far. <laughs> Julio was a first-rounder. I mean, uh, A.J. Green was a first-rounder, so yeah. he's been boomer bust this year, but the booms have been a booming. Um, number four was Brian Quick. Um, under, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, Brian Quick. Um, <laughs> Undrafted. Don't expect this to happen again on any regular basis. So moving Where's on. Where's that Kenny Britt? Kenny Britt's not on this list somehow. Brian Quick just just vultured it. I assume I didn't see this, but I assume anytime a pass was thrown to Brian Quick, it was meant for Kenny Britt. And Quick just, just like that like, John Coon yeah, situation. Yeah, he, he cooned it. Yeah, he John cooned it for sure. Um, all right, number five was Antonio Brown, um, wide receiver one. Kind of the same narrative. If the Chiefs have been able to stay in this game, maybe Brown goes just fully nuclear. Uh, number six, Dontrell Inman. Um, what? We were expecting a Tyrell game, and it was an Inman game, which just makes now makes this receiving core frustrating to know they can alternate like that. Yeah, just not predictable whatsoever. So yeah. stay away. Stay away. Stay away. Uh, <laughs> number seven, uh, Inman was an undrafted guy. Number seven, Eddie Royal, also undrafted, uh, benefits from the Kevin White injury, and has a big week. Um, number eight, Steve Smith. Finally, there we go. gets up to full speed again off of his Achilles. Finishes the wide corpse. receiver one, the rotting corpse of Steve Smith. He was taken at the end of twelfth round in draft, so he was not drafted as a starter. Number Jeez, nine, yeah. Demarius Thomas, um, drafted there as wide is. receiver seventeen in the third round. Uh, Brandon Marshall was wide receiver ten, uh, okay. taken in the second round. Makes a fool out of Richard Sherman on a couple plays. Very painful to watch. Um, that doesn't happen too often, though. No, so. no. It takes someone like Brandon Marshall to do it. Um, number 11 was Jeremy Curley, uh, an undrafted <laughs> guy as well. There's four undrafted guys in this top 12, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, there's only one undrafted guy in the running backs, and it was John Kuhn. Uh, number 12, Emmanuel Sanders, um, just outside of the starter range. Who's taken as a wide receiver? Both Denver wide receivers? Both Denver wide receivers, yeah. What? Not, not what you would expect, but that's how how extremely friendly the Tampa Bay secondary is to to quarterbacks and receivers. Um, so that makes five wide receivers taken as starters, finishing in the top 12, uh, four of which are guys that were taken in the first two rounds as wide receiver ones. Um, so not quite as good as the running backs. They notched 
just one less, just below it. Um, and for the, the sort of percentage thing I did with the running backs, uh, the pool for wide receiver was uh, 19 instead of 18. So 19 of the 24 guys drafted were available this week, either because of injury or bye weeks. Uh, and so five of that 19 is approximately a quarter, just a little over a quarter. And so we're seeing that a third of the running backs available in the pool finishes running back ones, while only a quarter of the wide receivers available finishes wide receiver ones. So this was a better week for running back, again, uh, for the second week in a row. We're seeing it's been a better season for the running backs so, so far. far. Yeah, the season total so far are 23 top 12 finishes for the running back, 18 for the wide receiver. Yep. Um, so through the quarter mark of the season, the earlier on running backs, um, or at least the starting running backs, guys taken in the first five rounds, uh, are helping you more than those wide receivers. Yeah, and we're just seeing Lev Bell return uh, after yeah. the bye week this week. We should see, our, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Jamal Charles owners are hoping we hoping see, see a Jamal Charles that is 100%. Yeah. Uh, so these are two names that were drafted in the top 24 that should appear. Should we in, should start seeing on this list. We're already seeing Le'Veon Bell and assuming Jamal's himself. Based off of the one run he had, he looked like vintage <laughs> Jamal. Going that one six-yard game. Getting yeah. six yards. It's like, oh, look at that burst, Jamal. Ooh. Uh, my totally unbiased opinion. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if not, it's going to be Spencer Ware, so you'll be fine. Got it. No, we want it to be Charles because if it's not, it's going to be a maddening committee that's, like, unusable. There's no version yes. where Ware just, like, runs away with the job, unfortunately. It'd be, I'd rather it just be one or the other, but uh, it's... Committees are in, com- man. Committees are so it's all in about. right now. They're so in. I mean, teams are trying to roll out four-man committees now just to keep everyone fresh. It's like it's happening in Philadelphia. (laughs) It's happening in Miami. The the three-headed monster in Oakland. Four-headed monster. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. Basically, C-Mike is the only running back you can count on God, right now. C-Mike, he's, he's just like a blessing on all of us, C-Mike. Yeah, it's, you know, we talk. <laughs> he is just a blessing he right a now. Blessing. He's, C-Mike will never be on this sell-high list, I don't think. Unless, unless like, maybe when Rawls comes back, if C-Mike could, But even then, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, th- I think C-Mike is just on his way to being one of these league-winning running backs this year. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out after the bye, but... It's looking well, good it so seems, far. I mean, it sounds like Rawls is out for what? Another uh, three, four weeks? It sounds like he's out for all of October. So, like, November is the earliest we'll see him. So, that's four games, three games that. Um, he's Michael, not getting the job back at this point. No, it's, it's kind of too late so. with Michael kind of on this tear. And we saw him in a bad matchup with the Jets. Uh, it's not like he found a lot of running room, but he then, like, made hay in the receiving game, which is like, that's what you want to see out of your, like, potential RB1s is that when the game script is against them, they still produce because they're part of the receiving game. That game was, script proof. That, that is the, the hope for Todd Gurley owners is, you know, he didn't find any running room, but he was suddenly involved in the passing game last week. And if that becomes a regular thing, then that's, that is good news for Gurley. That is good news. And you have to think, I mean, LA, they've received a lot of flack in the media, like they're a terribly run organization, but they're still an NFL team. You have to think that the coaching staff is smart enough to realize that Todd Gurley is their offense. Yeah. Okay. And if he is getting shut down in the running game, then they need to find a way to get him involved. Uh, And that happened last week against Arizona. Uh, He made a lot of work. Did yeah, a lot of work in the passing game. receiving yards. Like, he's, he was a great receiver in college. I'm not sure why it took the Rams this long to realize, hey, wait a second, we could just use him as a three-down back. Maybe they're like, let's keep him fresh and have him only on early downs. But he can, 
he can do it all, and it only helps our offense to have him because he's he's better than Benny Cunningham in every aspect of the game. So why not why not have him well, out there? The good news for Todd Gurley owners too, and Todd Gurley has only appeared on this list what one time one against time. Tampa Bay yeah when he had the two touchdowns two touchdown game uh, <laughs> his schedule is is gonna soften up a little bit he gets yeah. Buffalo this week at home and Buffalo has not been good against the run we saw Forte totally dominate them mm-hmm. uh this last week they managed to you know keep Blunt in check for the most part but it's LeGarrette Blunt I mean come on now yeah the encouraging thing is we've seen uh the Rams passing game seems to be working actually they've kind of figured out how to make it function and so defenses you know they're three and one because defenses are still saying nope we're going to ignore the passing game's work we're going to keep stopping the run and that's that is bad for them they can you know defenses can't keep doing that so they're going to have to start respecting the pass opens up a little bit of you know room for Gurley maybe start seeing six-man boxes instead of 14-man boxes and yeah, Buffalo and Detroit is next two matchups. So uh, with a talent like Gurley, sometimes it just takes you know a couple of long runs to regain that confidence, and it could we happen saw it in with the next Eddie couple Lacey of a couple of years ago. Eddie Lacy, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel bad for Todd Gurley, man. He's getting everyone is dumping on Todd Gurley. If you read Twitter right now, I don't see one analyst that is saying like Todd Gurley's going to turn this thing around. Yeah. Everyone is completely jump ship on him after his amazing season last year and we're four games into the season and he's had uh well two bad games one like mediocre game and then one good game yeah so todd Gurley, i mean somebody to keep an eye on i hope for my sake that he turns around because i own him me too Uh, all right let's wrap this up yeah that was keeping score that was sneaky starts uh that is the end of the episode, as we know sure. it. We just keep on talking about fantasy. I love it. We're over an hour. It's an, we're not going to do this. Let's just go. Let's go five hours. Go no, you don't need to sleep. That five it's hour early podcast. here. Oh man, it's only, early it's only two forty-five for me. <laughs> Come on, stay up another eight hours. What What are you even doing? That you're there in the middle of the day doing this podcast? <laughs> yeah. That's because I, I work in the evening. Oh man, that that's uh... except on Saturday and Sunday. Then I work like fourteen hours a day. Each of the days. Good Lord. Man, Singapore. <laughs> no, no, poor, Sing- poor. Well, you'll be here soon enough. Anyways, thank you guys for watching. Thank you to Leo for compiling all these statistics. I basically don't do anything except sit here and look good. So basically, thank yeah. you, Leo. Well, you do half of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all 50%. right. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. It's right here. Follow us on Facebook. It's over, it's over there. Um, yeah, uh, we will be back. We will be back again next week with more hot takes. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter because I feel like we record these episodes like middle of the week, and then like Friday and Saturday hit, and we have like new ideas, and we tweet them out. And like if you don't if you don't follow us, there you're not going to hear about them. Uh, and those yes. usually end up being better takes because they're we have more information. Um, yeah, so follow us, all those things, and uh, we will catch y'all on the flippity floppity. Flippity floppity.